get your Bible, and let's get ready for Mind Games Part 3. And this is a lesson entitled, Revealing the Devil's Mind Games and Revealing the Devil's Inroads to Your Mind. Revealing the Devil's Inroads to Your Mind. He wants your mind. Because if he can get your mind, he can get your big toe. <laughs> if you get your mind, he can get your body. If you get your mind, he can steal your soul and take you, drag you into the pit of eternal damnation, separation from God, death. And I don't want to go down that road. And I don't want him to be allowed to advance down his road to my mind. I hope you're listening closely. Watch this. Let's look at Mark 5, 15. And they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil. These are the neighbors who had constantly heard and seen this ghoulish, evil, devil-possessed man in the graveyard. Hurting himself, breaking chains and rocks. Possessed by the demonic spirit. Now the neighbors, all knowing about that, they come to Jesus and they see him that was possessed with the devil. Thank God the past tense. He was possessed with the devil and had the legion of devils sitting in him and anchored in him, at home in him. He had the legion. And here's what they saw. They saw him sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Of all things, they were afraid. And when he was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. This man who had been a demon-possessed maniac is now showing his most critical sign of a right mind. He's sitting at the feet of Jesus. He gets up when Jesus starts to leave. Jesus walks into the water and toward the ship. And this healed man in his right mind follows him, no doubt, into the water, up to his knees. Who knows? And he says, Jesus, please let me come and let me be a part of your ministry. I want to follow you. I don't want to be any distance away from you. Look what you've done for me. Please let me come with you. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not. That means he did not allow him to. But he said unto him, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. And this man, in his right mind, didn't argue. In his right mind, he didn't falter. He didn't lose faith. He didn't get angry. He didn't say, you're not answering my prayer, Jesus. What's wrong? No. It immediately says he departed and began to publish in that region how great things Jesus had done for him. And all men did marvel. Wow. From a maniac to a marvel. 
What a beautiful story. And it's because he was healed from demon possession, which was lodged, not in his foot or his elbow. It was lodged in his mind. His right mind had never been experienced, probably since he was just a young child. And now here he is demonstrating the most beautiful characteristics of an individual with the right mind. Praise God. Let's pray. Lord, help us, I pray, in this time together to spend it not critiquing the words of the pastor. Lord, not measuring the time and not trying to find loopholes, but God, just give us, I pray, a childlike spirit, a tenderness and a readiness to hear you, God. I pray for every household watching, every screen, because Lord, you know that's what we're we're utilizing now, we're utilizing screens for this time frame in these midweek Bible studies, Lord. We're utilizing the internet, the technology you've given us. Thank you for these amazing avenues of communication. Lord, bless this study. And I pray, God, that you'd help us to analyze. Lord, help us to reflect. God, please help us in Jesus' name to be tender towards you and to know if we have had a mind that has been invaded. And if our mind has been invaded, Lord Jesus, I pray tonight that there would be release. Lord, you're able to send your hand of healing into homes, into hearts and lives and wherever individuals are, God. And I pray that you would release them from the clutches of the enemy. Deliver from demons. Deliver from Satan's devices. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for spending these last nine minutes watching and tuning in and praying and hopefully participating. Praise God. I am uh, thankful for all of you, and I want you to be blessed by tonight's study. I want to remind you that your brain has 500 trillion connections. There are a lot of pathways, we call them, Doctors call them circuits. Your brain weighs only about three pounds, made of about a hundred billion microscopic neurons. Each of these neurons looks like a tiny branching tree. Those limbs reach out and touch other neurons. So there are multiple avenues, multiple conduits, avenues, and connections. In fact, each neuron can make between 5,000 and 10,000 connections with other neurons. That's an incredible creation by our almighty God, the Creator. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Every sensation we remember, every thought we think, transforms our brain by altering connections within that vast network. And by the time, you remember this part, by the time I get to the end of this sentence, you will have created a new memory which means your brain will have physically changed. Now, not only do doctors know that, not only do um, experts know that, not only do you now know that, but the devil knows that. And the devil wants to get in the connections. He wants to get in and miswire, misfire. 
He wants to cause there to be breakdowns in your mind. I'm telling you, it is your mind that is responsible for your eternal soul. And when your mind has been locked in and settled and satisfied only in God, and your pure mind has now been secured, don't get too comfortable. Because there are always aquatic species, quagga mussels, <laughs> like I talked about, wanting to get into Lake Tahoe through boats and sailboats and, and, and other air watercraft. And they, they're constantly having to clean them out, constantly having to blast them with hot water so that there will be no quagga mussels, those ugly, dirty, sharp, sharp little tiny black-shelled creatures that get on everything if they're allowed into a body of water. The devil wants to infiltrate you and he wants to infiltrate me. And I'm excited about future lessons because I don't like talking about so much about the devil and what he does. I like to talk about what we're supposed to do to fight him back and to combat him successfully. We have plenty of tools in our arsenal. But tonight I need to just spend this moment revealing the devil's inroads. How does he do it? Let me give you a story that is found in your Bible about the very first breakdown in unity in the New Testament church. The very first breakdown in the purity of the New Testament church as recorded in your scripture. We have a Bible story that tells us. Certain man named Ananias and Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession and he kept back part of the proceeds. Now, up until this point, Ananias and his wife Sapphira had seen there were others selling lock, stock, and barrel. They were selling all their stuff and they were bringing it, the money to the church. And the church was just thanking God and recognizing these people for their contributions and they were receiving notoriety and, and they, were, they were getting acclaim because they're, they're doing something so sacrificial. I believe Ananias and Sapphira started out with a good intention and a pure mind. However, there was a, the Bible uses the word privy, P-R-I-V-Y. <laughs> That's the King James. The New King James, New King James says that there was awareness. So there's a mental process that fired and misfired, backfired, and Ananias and Sapphira said, hey, you know what? We can get the same notice by the apostles and the church, but let's not do just sell everything. Let's act like it's everything because that's what all of our friends are doing. They're selling everything. But let's keep back a little bit of it. And the Bible says that Ananias decided to keep back a part of the proceeds, his wife being aware of it, that's the word, privy, being knowledgeable, in her head, this was happening in their brains, folks. They brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. And Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? Peter nailed it. Peter said, there is something that has happened. There is something that has gotten into you. There's been an infiltration of 
lying, an infiltration of a temptation that has found roots inside you and it has flooded your heart. I believe that it started in their mind because they were conniving. One translation says they connived. (laughs) You know what that means? They were like, hey, maybe if we do this, maybe if we do that. The mind's operating, the intellect trying to figure, and the devil used that time of conniving and said, man, you guys can keep a little bit to yourself and no one would ever know, right? Wrong. Because the Holy Ghost told Peter. And Peter said, why has... Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost. And and you have kept back part of the price of the land for yourself. It was your own, Ananias. After it was sold, wasn't it in your own control? Why have you, listen to this, New King James, why have you conceived this thing in your heart? A concept is born in your mind. And it has given birth in our actions. And the middle man who is doing all the, the dispatch is the heart. He said, you've not lied to men, but to God. Ananias, hearing those words, fell down, breathed his last. So great fear came upon all those who heard these things. And then his wife, Sapphira, comes in. And she tries to lie. And she falls to her death. And she's carried out and buried by her husband. And great fear came upon the church. And it was very worthwhile fear and necessary fear. Because friends and family, we do not lie to the devil. We do not lie to the Holy Ghost by the devil's infiltration of intellectual processes. We don't lie and get away with it because the Lord knows the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So many things to discuss here, but let me just go right in and tell you that there is a lot going on right now in your brain. While you're watching this, there's a lot happening. There are neurons firing left and right. I hope you're considering the fact that maybe you have allowed something to be conceived in your mind and you've connived and Maybe you've got to do something about it. And thank God Pastor Heyman's teaching on this. So listen closely. One more time. Eliminate distractions. Let's tune into the scripture. I've got to show you Romans 7.21. It says, I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. When I would do good, trying so hard. I don't want to get it wrong. I want to get it right. I want to do good. Evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. This is Romans 7, 22. I delight in the law of God after the inward man. That part of me that is my soul that never ages and will never die. I delight in the law of God. But I see... Another law, another rule of action, if you will, in my members, my body, warring against the law of my mind. See, your intellect is watching this, listening to this, and 
processing this. And the mind you have and I have is doing our best to be a law of our mind that is reasonable. It's balanced. It knows not to bite down on your tongue so hard that it bleeds and falls off, right? <laughs> you, you and I have some measure of reason. That's the law of your mind. Thank God for the law of our mind, which gives us the ability to have control over the processes of the devil. So you can't ever say the devil made me do it. The law of your mind has got to maintain its rule in your life, rule of action. Law is a rule of action. The law of my mind. He says, I see another law in my members fighting against that intellectual reason, that right thinking. That sober-minded thought process, processing and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members, and I'm sick of it. That's what the devil's, that's what Paul's saying. Paul is saying, I'm sick of it. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? It's a constant struggle. It's a war inside. I'm being fought against. The devil is trying his best to get a hold of my mind. And my mind, if, I don't, if I'm not careful, my mind will fall prey. And I will be one who is falling into sin all over again. And then I'm glad he goes on to say, Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Hallelujah. There is therefore now condemnation. Come on, somebody. There is therefore now no condemnation. Where does condemnation happen? Not in your left foot. It doesn't happen in your thigh. Condemnation happens in your mind. There is therefore now no condemnation of them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now, that's another lesson. <laughs> but let me tell you these words. Don't be deceived. Satan comes with a while. Remember, we are to stand strong against the wiles of the devil. He comes with a wile, W-I-L-E, which means with a road. This is a little preview, uh, excuse me, review. That diabolical, devilish, evil, sinister road is headed for the mind. If the devil can beat down a believer's resistance, he can begin to wage warfare in their minds with a device. We talked about this three lessons ago. The wiles of the devil are the inroads to our mind that will bring a device or a mind game. Lord God, help us to see that road, those inroads the devil's trying to use. It is an inroad to my mind and make sure that even before he has a chance to bring a mind game, I am on top of it. Once the mind games are in full motion, the devices, which God help us, we're not ignorant of. Right? The Bible says we're not ignorant of his devices. But once he gets in, and those mind games are in full motion, it's like he takes the board out of the box, and he takes the dice, and he takes the cards, and he lays it all out, and he's starting to play a game against you. He's trying his best to do what? To bait you, the saint, the believer, the Christian who loves God and wants to do right. He will do his best then at that moment to bait the believer with lying accusations that my pastor doesn't really love me. 
Yeah, stuff like that. That my church doesn't really appreciate me. Yeah, stuff like that. That my church is really not going the right direction. Stuff like that. I shouldn't, I should just, I should just maybe not, not go to church anymore. Stuff like that. That's right. Folks, we've got to say, devil, you must get thee behind me. Because you're just playing a mind game and you want to bait me. And as long as, brothers and sisters, we see his bait and we see it for what it is, we will not be deceived. Lying accusations, slanderous allegations, blaming our mothers, our dads, blaming our family, blaming our, our, our pastor and our past, <laughs> blaming our future, blaming our job, our business, blaming our kids. Oh, Jesus, help us. It's, a, it's, it's so mind-boggling. Pardon the pun there. There are so many things the devil uses to bait a believer. You know what I need to do? I need to go to Cabela's or maybe Walmart. They don't have quite the same size of bait selection, but I need to just do a slow video down the bait section. of All the lures, L-U-R-E-S, the lures that fishermen use. The devil's got trillions more than that in the little thought processes he drops in your mind and makes you think, ooh, look at that little worm. Look at that little frog, right? Look at that little whatever bait thing it is, you know? Look at that winnow, minnow. Thank you for bearing with me. He will do his best to bait you, bait the believer. And we must constantly Pursue and defend aggressively a pure mind that knows the bait of Satan. We must constantly and aggressively defend a pure, right, sober, and sound mind. Remember we talked about that last Tuesday. Three categories. The building blocks of a pure mind, right mind, sober mind, sound mind. The most important battlefield of your life is between your ears. Your battle is won or lost in your mind. Spiritual warfare is primarily a matter of your thought processes, the, the processes that are allowed into your brain. As long as the mind is held in check, God help us to do that. As long as the mind is renewed, God help us to do that. Then right thinking by the Word of God will keep us pure and right. The majority of spiritual attacks then will fail. However, when the mind is left open and unguarded, unaware of what I'm about to tell you, then listen, brothers and sisters, it becomes primarily that battlefield that Satan uses to destroy lives, finances, businesses, marriages, emotions, and so on and so forth. The, it, the it list is endless. It is your responsibility, it is my responsibility to stand, stand guard over these areas of our life. Now, let's get into this. I want to share with you the inroads. The devil has inroads into our minds. 
And you may be thinking, well, Pastor, you're going to probably talk to us about the mind, uh, the, the ear gate, the nose gate, the mouth gate, uh, all that. Well, you've heard that stuff before. And of course, the devil uses the lyrics in music and he uses the foul language of our coworkers and he uses ugly media that if it's not carefully monitored in our front of our face, God help us to set no evil thing before our eyes. Amen. But let me go deeper than that. Please, would you just let me go deeper? We're not talking about that physical part of the inroad, but let's go deeper. Watch this. Hebrews 12.3. Would you get your Bible? Get ready to read Hebrews 12.3. In fact, you know what? I'm going to turn there myself and give you a minute to join me. All right, Hebrews 12, verse number three. Let's read it. Can I just invite you to make a little noise right here, right now, wherever you are in your home? And let's read together aloud Hebrews 12, 3. What does it say? Hopefully you have it. I just now turned to it. For consider him that endured. Such contradiction of sinners against himself. Wow, he took a lot of hits, in other words. Keep him in mind, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. You know what it means to be wearied and to faint in your mind? It means to just start mentally getting worn down. So many hits, so many problems. So many hurts. Hits, hurts. Then they turn into habitual bad thoughts. Before you know it, you're giving up. To faint in your mind is literally to let there be a lack of blood flow. In the literal, it's like a lack of blood flow to your brain. You faint. We cannot faint in our minds. So how do we how do we get out of the fainting possibilities? What we do is we consider. Everybody say consider. We consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners, and that's what we're doing tonight before we wrap up. I want to tell you right now that the Lord Jesus Christ himself suffered the suffering of the world. The Lord knows, God Almighty, I thank you for carrying every sinful thought, every sinful conclusion, every sinful temptation. Thank you for carrying the sin of the past, the present, and the future to the cross. It's all covered. It's the final act of our salvation. We thank God for that. And when he carried that to the cross, contradicting his own law of his mind, he stood strong and he did not allow himself to be wearied or to faint. Can you thank him right now? Lord, thank you for not being wearied and fainting. Thank you for your blood, Jesus, that's shed for my salvation and is still active and still effective. So, in Jesus' name, I think we need to consider him and consider all of those who he carried and who he has carried and consider the incredible history of those who have allowed their minds to be invaded by Satan's inroads. Think about Adam and Eve. 
I'm going to get back to this in just one second. Think about Moses, Ahab, bad king in the Bible. Think about David, King David. He lusts after Bathsheba, remember? Think about King Herod, who was murderously trying to eradicate the Messiah by killing all the babies about the same age as Jesus. Think about Judas. That's just a short, short list. Judas betraying the master. I, I would like to contend with you that there was a point in all of these individuals' lives that they probably had a right mind. They had the law of the mind. They had process of reason and actions that were easily followed that could have been leading down to proper thinking, proper actions, and their lives would have been completely different. But here's what I believe. I believe that each of these that I've just listed, they carefully, if we carefully study them, that they can be charted along a pathway that leads to the brink of utter failure and irreparable destruction. And here is the, the, the course that we can chart together. I want you to remember he, these things that I believe in my studies, in my prayer, in my meditation, is that it all starts with a double mind. And a double mind, this is the inroad, the devil's using to get into your brain. Double mind. It leads to a carnal mind. Carnal mind leads to a sinful mind. A sinful mind leads to a defiled, polluted mind. And a defiled mind leads to a reprobate, disqualified mind. And there we find a complete cashing in. The devil has won the game. And he gets what he wanted. We're out. And he, in whatever metaphor you want to use, he has struck us out. Whatever metaphor you want to use, he has scored us out. He has caused us to fail. And please don't forget, it's because of a lack of knowledge. God, please give us knowledge right now. I have that progression charted in Scripture. James 1.8, double-minded man. Now, let me just tell you that I believe a double mind was really responsible for what happened with Adam and Eve. A double mind. Double comes from the same root word as doubt. And there was doubt that was injected, that's the inroad, into Eve's mind when the serpent, the devil, said, Eve, hath God said, are you serious? You can't be serious. The devil, devil saying, you, you, you telling me the truth here? Doubt. Eve. I want you to start doubting Eve. And Eve's like wide-eyed, innocent. Yes. She goes, well, no. 
She misquotes the Bible, the Word of God. She's led down the primrose path. The devil says, you will be just like God if you'll take a bite. So she did eat, and she caused her husband to eat. And they both, because of a double mind, led humanity into destruction, sin, and death. Wow. Double-minded man is unstable. So, I want to share with you right now that if you'll stop at a double mind and say, God, I'm not going to be double, doubtful, halfway, two options, plan A, plan B. God, I'm getting out of that opportunity thing right now. I'm, I'm leaving all that behind and I want to be single-minded in Jesus' name. I believe that to be single-minded is to be ready-minded. And that's getting into next week's lesson. I want to be ready in my mind. The Bible says, girding up the loins of your mind. That means to get ready for action. <laughs> Don't be double-minded. <sighs> Think about it. I believe that Moses, he has the people who have made him angry, destabilized his thought processes, and he has God saying, speak to the rock, and he's like, I'm so upset. Bang, he smites the rock in front of all the people. And that caused him to lose his opportunity to enter into the promised land. Double-minded. I really believe that. Ahab murdered Naboth for his vineyard. Another Bible study in itself. But he was not happy with what he had. He looked at something else. Double-minded. He wanted this vineyard that was right by the palace. Naboth said no, so he killed Naboth. David lusts. His mind was pure, I believe, until he allowed that little quagga muscle of lust through his eyesight to enter in, and he began to contemplate. Oh, yes. He began to think about the possibilities of her fellowship. Started out with just an inquiry, you remember? And then it was an invitation. All the while, allowing there to be an inroad. Can you see it right now? I can see it in my mind's eye. I see land, earth movers, they call them. I see tractors and bulldozers just, just working away. I can hear the reverse beeping. I can hear the see the dust and the smoke from the diesel engines as they're tearing down trees and they're blazing a trail right into the mind. Right into the mind of David. Until David... moves beyond being a double mind. See, we can go on and on and on. I'm going to finish because of time. But I really want to be sure that you join me with these understandings. That to be carnally minded is someone who has allowed a double mind to play out. Because if you let, let your mind become distracted, doubled, you're now trying to see two things but you can really only see one, even with your physical eyes. It's really only possible to focus on one plane at a time and on one object at a time. But when you try to do two, instantly you open the door for Satan to steamroll his way right on in. 
to making you carnally minded. And to be carnally minded is death, the Bible says. We shouldn't let ourselves become carnally minded. Carnal mind is at enmity or a conflict against God at all times. Lord, please keep me from ever being carnally minded. And a carnally minded person who doesn't stop there lets the devil keep on steamrolling into his mind and he becomes a mind that is sinful. Romans 8, 6 says, 8, 7 says, the sinful mind is hostile to God. Does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. And then Titus 1, 15 says, Unto the pure all things are pure, but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. Even their mind and conscience is defiled. And it's not over there. It's over now when you get to Romans 1, 28, even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. We don't want to keep God forefront. We believe in, at the worst case, we believe in evolution. Therefore, oh, hallelujah. We, well, they don't say hallelujah because that's too spiritual. <laughs> they say, way to go. There's no God because there's no creator. We came about by a big bang. They don't like to retain God in their mind. When you and I retain God in our mind, that's where we allow Him to have the power to repel the stinking thinking that the devil is trying to... The devil is trying to influence you with. But in Jesus' name, we have God on the inside. So there's five states of the mind. I see this progression so clearly. I see the mindset, the state of mind capacity, the mental capacity of the healed and delivered former possessed, demon-possessed man, right? That's the pristine position, the mindset that is intended by God for every one of us. Amen. A departure from that pristine mindset, the sound mind, the right mind, the sober mind, follows this progression that passes through double-minded, next Closer to destruction, carnally minded, sinfully minded, defiled in your mind. Finally, having fallen from the precipice of redemption, past the point of no return, the reprobate, the disqualified mind. I want to invite you today to join me and soberly examine yourself. Let's soberly consider the law of the mind, and let it rule under Christ Jesus, in Jesus' name. I don't believe for one minute that it's God's will for us as His finite creation, humankind, to make any departure from the sober-mindedness that keeps boundaries drawn against the inroads, the deception, the delusions, the devices, the mind games, all other forms of temptation reaching in to get a hold of our minds. Come now, let us reason together, though your sins be as scarlet. It's a reasonable thing. The law of the mind is a beautiful thing. It's God's creation. He created us to think like this. Reasoning together, we recognize, well, my sins, they may be, may be as scarlet. I don't have to live with those sins anymore. They can be as white as snow. Young men, 
you're exhorted to be sober-minded. People of God, let this mind be in you, filled with humility. Individuals, friends, and family, would you just let me give you a quick preview that next week we're going to talk about our minds being armed and ready. Praise God. I believe it's counterattack time. It's time for us not to be those who are just in full defense mode, but let's go into offense in Jesus' name. It is written, is the Lord's ultimate weapon against the mind games the devil was playing in the wilderness. So the double mind needs to hear someone say, no, I want to have a single mind that's ready, a ready mind. Girding up the loins of my mind, ready for action, remember? And if I feel that I have allowed that to happen and I'm now a carnally-minded individual, God, please stop me and help me recognize it's time for me to strong-arm my mind and stop pleasing myself. That is exactly what carnality is. The flesh. And then if I have not done that and I've, been allowed, my, I've allowed myself to move into the sinful mind... I need to repent. Stop the presses. Hold everything. Turn everything off. Find a place to pray. Seek God and ask Him to forgive you. And say, Lord, I want to push the enemy back down the road He created and I want you to build your garden. No place for the enemy in my mind. And if you happen to be here today and you recognize that you've allowed that sinful mind to pollute your mind, I say, like the prodigal son, it's time to wake up. Come to yourself. Because if you don't, you know the next mind is the reprobate mind, which is disqualified. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for the time that we've spent today mining the words of your word so that we can know what kind of mind pleases you. Jesus, help us to live a life that is aware. God, in your name, give us awareness. Lord, let us see like never before. Let us take off the blindfold. The enemy wants to blind us so that we cannot see these things. In Jesus' name, I pray, God, that you'd let your church, those who are Blood-bought, Holy Spirit-filled, saints of God, powered by the Spirit. Help us, Lord, to be quick to recognize double-mindedness. God, give us a single mind about our church attendance, a single mind about our witness and our work for you. God, give us a single mind when it comes to our relationships, a single mind, Lord, to please you. And Lord, I thank you for the unifying power of your word that brings our mind into captivity. Lord Jesus, that brings our mind into a place of solidarity and security. Lord, let your word and let prayer, the prayers that are prayed throughout the remainder of this week, be prayers that transform our minds and lead us to constant renewing of our minds. In Jesus' name. Amen.